0: of the buffalonian podcast is brought to you by the cast source podcast network a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs cover many genres including sports business mental health marketing and entertainment feature the podcast shows such as sports bring people together limitless saviors of the metaverse and the athletic mindset learn more at castsourcecom source.com slash podcast without further ado let's get into the buffalonian podcast The Buffalo Bills are officially playoff bound and the Sabres goalie may or may not have just saved his career along with some would you rather and the usual hot takes trivia and more this is the Buffalonian podcast. All right let's go. Are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And fellas, it smells like a frozen fist, frozen fish stick up in here. Sorry, I already stumbling right off the bat here. Oh, wow, it smells man. like a frozen fish stick up in here. The Bills overtook the Dolphins with a game-winning field goal from Tyler Bass in that Lake Effect snow that finally showed up after they forecasted it for the entire game, and it was only for the last probably 15 minutes, I would say. So. I don't know. I, it was a good, good outing, smart last drive. There were some dumb mistakes, some miscatches, but overall it's a, a win's a win. An ugly win is not pretty, but it's a win. So I'll take it at the end of the day. I mean, what, what are you, what are you guys thinking? Just, just base thoughts, Dom, you and I were at the game, Mike. I'm,
1: I'm just saying, I think one of us did say that Tyler Bass would be the player of the game. And yes, I have a full heart to admit that the player of the game was Josh Allen, but I did say Tyler Bass was going to kick a game winning field goal with, uh, you know, no, zeroes of the clock. I didn't say that they would be losing at the time. But I didn't say the yardage. I said it was going to be within 40 yards. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, I went big. I said it was going to be 53 for that. So uh that unfortunately didn't happen. But, Mike, what about you? Jeez. Oh, man. That game.
2: um I was nervous coming out of halftime because they were not playing very well. And then, like, you could just tell, like, the crowd was out of it. And then it starts to snow. And there's just, like, a rejuvenation in the crowd. And then you just see Tua all bundled up in his uh, big jacket on the bench. Yeah. And then they stalled out. And then we just kind of said, you know what? We just got to burn out the clock, get in the field goal range. Loved all the guys just, you know, clearing the snow on the field. Absolutely love that. Yeah. High hey, uh, IQ. Football IQ.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, this listen, this is no, no, none of the Water boys came on the field to do it. No 15-yard penalty there. And no one used a towel, so
2: no 15-yard penalty i Oh, just there. saying, those refs like I think the one one guy, one of the former refs, like you know how they're on like ESPN and all that. Oh, John Perry. Yeah, he's like, Yeah, you can't give a penalty because the crowd, like that that that's not possible. Threatening a 15 yard penalty for throwing snowballs. Well not saying you should be throwing snowballs, but I'm just saying threaten a 15
1: yard penalty. Actually, they were ice balls. Come on, whatever.
0: Most of the most of the ones that made it that far, you you were throwing like a baseball, it was straight up ice. Like (laughs) I don't know. I I saw some around me make it all the way to the field from the two hundreds.
2: I mean, like, honestly, though, what do you expect when you have 70,000 drunk people in a foot of snow on their seat? Right. I think, honestly, I I don't know what you expect.
0: Yeah, I I don't I'm not quite sure the expectation there. A guy got arrested in front of me for doing it. Right. The cops were around like they they were doing it. But at the same time, you're absolutely right. 70,000 highly intoxicated people in one area um, Mm -hmm. where they didn't shovel off the benches. They left you a foot of snow to play with. I mean, I, I'm going to play with it. Whenever they scored a touchdown, it was a winter wonderland. Everyone was just throwing snow in the air. It was so cool. But, I mean, it was it was just that lake effect snow. Everyone was hoping for the entire game just to ice out the Dolphins. Finally showed up, and it was like the cherry on top of marching down the field and kicking that field goal. It's like Mother Nature telling you it was going to happen before it happened. It was a precursor. You know, a little, little bit of foreshadowing there. So, I don't know. But overall, overall good. I, I mean – some iffy things, like I said, some dumb things. Some truly dumb things, I think. But, uh, rumor has it, Josh took over the play calling on that last drive. That's Ooh. what, it's been swirling around that Dorsey was not involved with that last drive. And honestly... I, I don't, who told you that? The, uh, a couple Odyssey guys did. Okay. So, yeah, so that's the type... I mean, Real reliable of, sources right there. They are, mm-hmm. I mean, that's they're they're directly in contact the entire time. So, I don't know, it's... No. It would I mean, make sense. I
1: don't it, know. I think with every Bills game that doesn't involve a blowout, there's good. I mean, you know, even in blowout games, there's good and bad. And there was definitely their hand, sh- you know, handful of some bad. But at the end of the day, they got a win against, I would think Miami is a pretty good team and a team that, I mean, I probably don't want to want them to come back here and play for a third time because it's always hard to play a division rival three times. And I mean, in the same season, I know they handled the Pats pretty well last year doing it, but. That usually doesn't happen, but yeah, no, I think I think you got to give credit to Miami. Mean, I think they played, they really played really well in the weather. I thought they actually handled the weather mostly better than the Bills until until the snow started to fall. So I mean, you got to give credit to them. I thought Tua played all right. I mean, I think, I oh, like Tua. I mean, his line isn't that great. Seventeen for 32, 34, thirty-four, two touchdowns. He made some nice throws. Um, but at the end of the day, it was just kind of like. They kind of felt like Miami offensively could do whatever they want, which was concerning. I mean, they have a good offensive yeah. play caller. I have no idea why on those third and, like threes they were throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the difference for me is that like on third and three, you know, Josh is most likely at the ball, and it's going to be like that's your best option. For me, they try to do that with Tua, the Dolphins, and. Honestly, it just wasn't their best option because they were running the ball seven yards a carry. Like, yeah, know. Moser
0: was cutting us right through. I'm not quite sure why they shied away from the run. Like you said, I mean, I think they wanted. I don't. I don't know. It's just interesting because Moser was having a very, very good day against They're the Bills. Dedicated was, yeah. Play action. They just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, it was just it was confusing to me on that aspect because so, so I think <laughs> Tua played like Tua played good, but not great like he was just kind of played like he kind of played average yeah I guess the difference in the game is that like the Dolphins have a good roster same with the Bills but the Dolphins have very good probably better playmakers but I mean Josh is our best playmaker well I think uh, yeah that's, that's a big difference especially when you play in bad weather when people are I mean your wide receivers are slipping and they probably can't you know, I know this. And there's a saying of like they know where they're going, the D don't, and that's an advantage. But there's also, I mean, like, they're going to slip and fall too. When sometimes you need some backyard football, and Tua's not going. to – I mean, you saw Tua scramble the one time, had ten yards of open field, tried to do some random shoot move and fall for four yards. And then the, I think they, I don't think they got out. the, first, I don't think they got the first down on that. Nope. I think that was like the punt where Kim Lewis. Where did the punters?
0: It was, it was, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was, I thought that
2: was a joke of the game right there, guys. Wait, I'm not from that moment. I'm I'm not
0: a selfish player,
1: though. I'm not a selfish player. I'll just go for an interception when I should bat the ball down fourth down against the Vikings. I'll go for the pump block and kill the punter, cost the team.
0: I'm not (laughs) selfish, though. Uh, yeah, no, he's the most selfless player on the Bills, if you ask me. But I mean, looking at like the Bills, we lost earlier this season, right. I'm in these toxic groups and stuff, right? There's a lot of comments going around. The This game, the Dolphins fans came out of their caves on this one all over the Internet. They're like, the refs gave him the game. That wasn't a two-point conversion. He didn't break the plane. They're posting pictures of him clearly breaking the plane. You see it. You see the ball over the white line, and that's all you have to do. But I found I saw the stat yesterday, right? Josh Allen, this season versus the Dolphins, specifically the Dolphins, just the two games. 704 passing yards. 124 rushing yards, six passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when you throw it 60 times in that first meeting, you should have 400 yards, like he did. But I mean, zero interceptions is a pretty—I mean, it's pretty all right in my mind. I mean, he did—he's done yeah. well against the Dolphins himself I mean,
2: throughout his his entire career. He's always done really good against the Dolphins. Like that's just kind of the team that he's always been able to have their number, I guess. And then. You know, now that they're more competitive, like I would say that they're a threat with how they've been playing. But like, it's just nice yeah. to know that Josh will always be like at an elite level whenever we had to play them. Right. It's just about everyone yeah. else around. I him.
1: mean, Josh is now in ten games against the Dolphins, eight and two. His two mm-hmm. losses are a combined six points. One <laughs> is one is because he skipped the pass to Isaiah McKenzie on fourth and goal, the other one is because Charles Clay uh, was a traitor. Yeah, I have a, I have a signed picture of Charles. From the Miller Dolphins, the Bills. And uh, I think this, uh, just this morning, I think Josh got announced as the AFC player of the game. Player yep. of the week, excuse me. Player of the game. Yeah, offensive um, player of the week. So I think that's the fourth time in his career he's done that against the Dolphins. I think there was a stat where he's done the most since 19 or 20. I can't remember which one it is. Mm-hmm. Um, But Josh is going to be Josh, man. It's going to, when the weather is bad, having your best running back really be your quarterback is a, huge advantage, and mm-hmm. I think this is also the first game, well, I shouldn't say the first game all year, but this kind of felt like a game where the tight ends broke out, like, really, like, I mean,
2: Quentin you know, Morris. That throw to Quentin Morris was, like, perfect.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
2: I
1: thought it was funny because everyone was like, oh, my God, his release off the line was so good, and his release was good. The unfortunate part for Quentin Morris is that he beat him so cleanly on the inside that his route of, like, the outbreaking route actually, like, was under him. It actually hindered him mm-hmm. because it made the defender able and the defender's also a safety, so he's a little bit quicker than him, but so, yeah. that was a dime. Like that was a like that was the first quit I can't remember the last time Quinn Morris caught a ball. No. Mean?
0: They've they I they're can, they're using tight ends. It's really cool. Like that. like I
1: think the last Quinn Morris memory I have of him was the same thing as Khalil Shakurov. <laughs> like that Pittsburgh game of him fumbling at the one yard line on that shovel pass. Like that's my last Quinn Morris memory. Yeah. He might have um, had like a he might have had like a random catch there or there. I, I know he was injured I think for the Pats game, then Tommy. I think he has game. like
2: eight catches on the year or something.
1: Yeah, he's having bad. I mean, he definitely has like the potential he's not the tight end, end. So,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. he's mean. number two. I mean, honest to God, he's probably if we're being realistic, he's tight in three because like mm-hmm. I think Gilliam is more like. Also, they finally started to use my boy Reggie. Like, yeah, I think, I think that helped. Also, Knox six for ninety eight and a Tud. It's kind of interesting. He had six six catches and eight targets, and I think like honestly, like you probably would want him to have all eight catches because.
0: You know, one, he had some drops yeah one, Dawson drops. drops came out to
1: play the yeah, one the one he just misses. dropped like mm-hmm. he dropped like a 15 yard pass right in the middle of the field and the other one like it would have been a, like it was a little bit like he ran that like outbreaking route it was a little bit to the inside Defender kind of made a nice play but at the same time it was like
2: you gotta make, make that catch. catch
1: but like he had a nice day i it was, was kind of like wow like you know the Dolphins play a lot of man coverage a lot1 of ones and he was consistently getting open which is nice I thought Davis... You know, was really quarterback friendly the whole game. He obviously had the big third and 17. He was really good. Mackenzie continues to not really do anything for me. Um, I know he had the he had a couple third down conversions. I know Beasley only played 11 snaps, so I think he was we kind had of one catch. Do you have just one target? Yep, yeah, one floor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was open a little bit too, so it wasn't like he was oh Hines also got Hines involved. That was a nice touchdown. James, James Cook back Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there, finally but, seeing Naheem Hines score a touchdown I mean, was awesome. It was
1: kind of wild to say, like, the first half and like the last two drives couldn't have gone any better, really, for the Bills. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you still get that quarter and a half of just yuck.
0: Yeah, like, it was a lull. They thought they were not themselves. Yeah. That's I mean, it dangerous. also happens
1: when you have just an absolute. It's also frustrating because it's not like they were going like, I mean, I think they had a couple three and outs, but it's not like they go three and outs all the time. It's like they get 20 yards, they get to midfield. And then they get like a five yard run. No, then you'll they'll get like a two yard run, but it'll be a ten yard holding penalty. Well, yeah. Also first yeah. and twenty. It's like Roger Saffold
2: yards. had a brutal game of penalties. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think
1: also, I guess like the main injury thing is I hope Mitch Morris is okay. If he he's, got that's he's like a sixth concussion.
0: Six, six concussion on the season. This guy, I mean he might
1: not. I don't. I Season. This is his first. This is his first six. His, six first I of think in season, his career. Six of his career.
0: Yeah. I meant. Yeah. So this is this is his
1: first in, since um, I think that, Pat's game in twenty twenty got had one. Because then he missed. He missed one. He like Feliciano
2: was his center a little bit. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you're right. No, but that's you like, know, like Bucker just, got elevated too. So.
2: No, that just shows. I think the Bills with the draft have to get some offensive linemen. Yeah. Oh, was, I don't you know.
1: Actually, no. Because think about mm-hmm.
2: it. If Morris is getting concussed this easily, and plus he's older, so like you got to think about him. He Saffold is just – yeah, Saffold could retire. He's trash, too. He's, like, no, he's he not can't that good. Back. He's old. Showman's fine. Spencer Brown's mid. He needs, needs to, like, develop. Um yeah. And then what? Right now it's been Bates, and he's hurt. So it's been Questenberry a guard. And well, like it was warrior. Ben Roden and then
1: Morris and got hurt.
2: Yeah. But still, like, it just shows that we need offensive linemen because our run game, you can tell in our run game that when we get, like, two to three yards per carry, it's because our offensive line just isn't that good.
0: Yeah. No, that's definitely draft-wise that would be interesting to see Brianna Bean attack that because I think that's one consistent thing we've been I mean, look look what Kansas City did. They got, like, they got Orlando Brown. They signed
2: Joe Tooney. You draft Creed Humphrey, like, and Trey Smith, and they have, like, one of the best lines in the league now. They just completely rebuilt their line because Mahomes was getting like terrorized in that Super Bowl, yeah. And that's what I think the Bills need to do.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's like necessarily like trading a first-round pick for Orlando Brown or signing. Well, no, yeah, no, I'm but not saying but, that. But, no, but, but like I don't. Know what you're saying, but it's, it's like tr- instead of drafting Boogie Basham, your fifth, the end in the second round, Yeah. maybe you'd select Creed Humphrey, who could have been even if you wanted to keep Mitch Morris at the time, like he could have played probably guard, been good at guard, and swap. You know, kind of like what um. His name, uh, Landon Dickerson's doing for the Eagles with Jason Kelsey kind of still every year, kind of complimenting retirement. Like, and, uh, I don't f- know, I feel like this is the year that they finally have to like invest in the offense, like deep and early in the draft. They haven't done that. I can't remember the last time they really did that. I mean, to be no. honest, I mean, what Zay Jones was a second round pick in 17, hey, he's having a career. Now, Obviously, huh? Josh, I mean, that's kind of like a no dub one, but like 19 was Ed, 20, they didn't have one. And AJ's 20. second round pick. Twenty yeah. one was Russo.
0: Last year was Elam. Like I we mean, had Jake Fromm at one point, but that was meh. That was just that was like a that was the round fifth round, round pick. The like, round pick. Yeah. I'm just saying,
1: I'm just saying, like, I think this is the year where they select like a wide receiver in the first round and go wide receiver offensive line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, mean, I would I love to see it. Truthfully. Because I, I think part of the reason has to be the offensive line has to get better they keep getting whooped. Like, Josh makes the offensive line look so – like, because he's so good under pressure. Yeah. So good at evading pressure. Like, you kind of forget that the reason why he's under pressure is because you have a really bad offensive line. And, like, mm-hmm. we talk every week about, like, oh, you know, Christian Wilkins or, you know, this week in Chicago. Actually, no, Chicago doesn't really have anyone, to be honest. Um, but, like, you know, every week we talk about, oh, my God, they have this stud, this stud, this stud. And every week we have to be, like, cr- incredibly concerned going into the game because, like mm-hmm. – the only person you trust Foley is Dion. And after that, it's like, if they line up yeah. against any other, other than maybe Morris, other than, but Morris is like, he's a good pass. But, yeah. but like, if he gets, he's a smaller center, like if he gets, this is a big dude in front. Of him. But it's like, it's one of those situations where it's like, then you invest in the offensive line and then wide receiver, it's like, I don't know if Davis is like the long term wide receiver too, nor do they want to pay him
2: $12 million a year when his contract is up next year. So like, I think Dave yeah. Davis has proven that he's just like a deep threat playmaker. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's consistent enough to be, like, a number one or number two. No, he's a a John Brown. You you do need to think about, like, the next, like, generation for wide receiver because Diggs is 29. Like, you're still going to have him for, you know, three to four years being elite. But, like, you need to get that guy in so he can develop and learn the offense and then just step in and take over, honestly. Yeah.
1: Davis, to me, is, like, he's, like, a really good third outside receiver, but he could play number two if you're banged up, or like mm-hmm. he could be like, he could be like that two three row. Like I think this year they miss, like that Emmanuel Sanders, that John, you know, I guess twenty twenty John Brown. I know he was banged up, but like kind of that was here because twenty nineteen John Brown is actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. they just missed that like like other guy on the outside that could like rotate with Davis and Like I mean, I guess that's why we were beating on the the drum so hard for OBJ is that like he would be the guy that would. You know, take some pressure off Davis. It also doesn't help that I feel like he's just regressed, based off of he runs three routes. Like as you said, he's just a deep threat. Like he either runs yeah. the stop route, the in, or the post, or the 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 fly or whatever. I'm, I'm yeah. No, like, I know what you four mean. Route. He runs four routes. Like if it's or or I'm sorry. He'll occasionally they'll do that like play action where he acts like the tight end and run like he runs five routes.
0: Mm -hmm. Like that's why he's
1: I feel like he's progressed is that I don't know. They just don't use him other than those, those routes.
0: Well, I think that's what we even said about um, the tight ends. Like we were talking about, you know, like they're just not being utilized and Dorsey's not utilizing them the way that they, especially Dawson Knox being paid all that money, you should be utilizing, you know? So I think it's just, I want, I, I was talking last night about this with your brother, Dom. I think that, um, Dorsey's great. I'm kind of like iffy about it right now. Right, just in general, they're He's, not gonna replace Dorsey. They're not gonna replace him. That, I, don't, I, don't, that I don't. People need don't, to get that out of their. Mind. I
1: don't think replacing Ken Dorsey.
2: You gotta remember, it's also his first year yeah. as a play caller too.
0: That's a, you gotta let him grow into the position. Like you, like you gotta let him. There's gonna be some growing pains. I mean, Brian Dable was very smart, very cheeky yeah. in what he did. Like he was shifty. You never knew what the guy was gonna do. Dorsey's yeah. got to put his own stamp on things, and you got to give him time to do that. It's not like you're expect. You look at it player perspective. You didn't expect Josh Allen to come in here year one and change the game, yeah. even though he, no he way, started but, to. Well, like I, if I, you I, get
2: rid of Dorsey, like who are you bringing in? That's well, everyone's like, like bring in Frank promote- Reich.
0: I'm like, no, like, I'd rather see Dorsey develop. You know, well, um, I mean, Frank's pretty good, but um, I'd bring in Frank Reich as like an advisor or something, yeah. like a coach. You know, well, just to be with the team, absolutely. But, but I do
2: like. I mean, I would keep Dorsey around. I like Joe Brady too. I think he mm-hmm. has potential to be a good coach one day. Yeah, But, like, he's yeah. just young and needs to, like, develop as a coach. He also got screwed because he was in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. that was bad.
1: But I think I think the frustration of Dorsey is that what this offense looked like last year. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was there for there because he was a quarterback coach. Plus, I mean, it can't be this hard when you have an elite, like, a top-of-the-line quarterback. Like, it makes your job a lot easier. Uh, but the frustration thing, I think the frustrations, I, like, the play calling against the lulls make me mad. The frustration for me is they invest in Dawson Knox being a top five tight end. They invest a pick into Naeem Himes. They invest a high pick into James Cook. Mm -hmm. And the first couple, you know, the first three months of the year, those guys are M.A. and not utilized. And it felt like the reason why they were okay with Beasley walking and all that was that they were gonna throw underneath to the running backs. They wanted pass catching running backs. They were gonna use the tight ends more in the offense, less wide receivers, build up a better ground game. And it kind of feels like that hasn't really been the case. I think the last couple weeks they've done a better job on the ground. Obviously, the last month I think Knox is starting to get going. Yeah. And now now you know Cook Hines out of the backfield. Like I feel I feel like now he's kind of I, I'm not as mad at Dorsey because I think he's finding his rhythm using you know his is the running backs and tight ends that I think he wanted to. I just you gotta get rid of those lulls at the, in the third quarter because they got they gotta stop.
0: Yeah. I mean that that's the biggest thing, especially going into the postseason here. You know if we meet the Kansas City Chiefs, they're gonna play us for all four quarters. It's not gonna be like we can have that anymore. I mean the Dolphins did. Like they gave us a run for our money the other night. Like that that lull is what's gonna really, really Hinder our advancement into the postseason. You know what I mean? Even even against teams like coming up like Cincinnati, they're gonna mm-hmm. play you all four quarters like hard. Like they're not yeah. gonna give up. Like no, they, I think you saw what they did to the Buccaneers. They were losing and they came back. They played them hard. So I mean, they they just gotta like you said eliminate the third quarter lull. No,
2: I think this Bears game needs to be kind of like a confidence boost game. Like mm. I think they really need to like pound them. Good, not like not even that. They just need to execute their game plan like perfect so that. You know, because this is obviously a team that shouldn't be as good, but they are competitive against Philly. So, like, this is just a team where you need to get your plays down, get the schemes going, and, like, you know, execute properly and not take stupid penalties like holding or, like, a false start or, like, stupid stuff like that, you know? Just, like, this needs to be a game where you act like you're playing, like, Cincy or act like it's a playoff game. But, like, you know, I guess this is one where you could make mistakes. You got to figure out what works. So that when you play Cincinnati the week after, you can beat them. Because I think our route to the Super Bowl is easiest through Orchard Park as the one seed. Because mm-hmm. I really don't want to go back to Arrowhead. No, in the playoffs. No.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it comes down to Chicago is a terrible. I mean, I guess we'll go to the preview of the game. They're nine and a half point favorites, but Chicago is a terrible defense. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I I kind of jokingly said like I don't know anyone on their D line. I truly. I mean, they traded Robert Quinn. I truly yeah. can't name you a single person on their defensive line. Um, that's how bad they are. I mean, they have some like brisk- Brisker is a very good safety. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon are two pretty nice young corners they have. But like defensively, they're giving up 32 points a game before that Eagles game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that they you no know, good for them. They played really hard uh, against yeah. the Eagles, and then you know offensively it's kind of just the Justin Fields show mm-hmm. and the bills in the past have done a pretty good job against running quarterbacks. They always do a pretty good job against Lamar. And it's all about just being really disciplined in your rush rushes. Cause mm-hmm. the, the bear, the bears offensive line is not good, it's especially, you know, hopefully Tevin Jenkins. Is okay. I know he got card off that neck injury. Um, Alex Loverwood, they trade. I don't know. They didn't trade for, it. they picked him up on waivers from the Raiders is still bad at right tackle. Uh, so, First that's, so, pick. so I mean, that's a big <laughs> okay, matchup. Uh... That's a big matchup group against him. And so, you know if the offensive if the defensive line can contain fields and dominate you know that's a good sign because fields does take a lot of really you know second year sacks you know holding the ball too long yeah um so and it's not like they have great wide receivers I know they traded the second for claypool um but he's
0: really their only good like decent wide receiver Cole comet's a good you know? tight end but and they have a pretty good running game
1: but yeah you know, i i think this is a bad Bears team that you should stop. I know the mm-hmm. weather's looking like it's going to feel like negative 10 out there, Might so chilly. like blizzard <laughs> like conditions too
0: possibly. Yeah, yeah so I mean, so. the Bills are just snow magnets this year, I guess, uh more than years past, but you know it would be you know it was crazy last week. I was watching the Bears game. Justin Fields comes off with the ankle injury. Who steps in? Nathan Peterman. He's on the mm-hmm. field playing snaps. Sorry, yeah. just the the I, guy know, who I, I think they got. The I
1: think they got to somewhat prepare for Peterman because Justin Fields just kind of gets banged up every once. I mean that's what kind of happens. All right, so the
2: defensive backs got to get their hands ready. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: straight like wide receivers knits. for the week. I do say this though. This is a bounce back game for the defensive line because the Miami offensive line just dominated them for sixty minutes. Yeah, like, there's no excuse. The yeah, like they Tua had time in the pocket. I know there was. But Shaq had a sack, but that was really a covered sack. Jones had a sack. Yeah, that was an actual sack, but that was a blitz sack, too. Yeah, I think the concern that's been without Vaughn is that they're not getting as much pressure and they're blitzing more, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like a double negative of they're blitzing more, but they're still not
2: – they just got to be better. Mm-hmm. But think um, about the, the one play, Jalen Waddle's be touchdown. Tremaine, he knew what was happening. He diagnosed that play. Yelling at Jordan Poyer to get back and Wild just burned the yeah
1: I don't him. know what happened there to be honest I don't know if it was a
2: miscommunication but like yeah no having one safety back and then Jalen Wild, you just it was so funny watching Jalen Wild just like outrun Damar Hamlin like he just took <laughs> off and it was just <laughs> like I'll tell you right tough. now
1: it, it wasn't that fun watching it at the stadium because no. <laughs> it was like it was like all right 21-13 we get the ball first at the half that's you know, this is our moment. The score touchdown, go they're going to yeah. be, they're going to be cold. They're going to quit. I think they went three and out. They might've went like first down at four and out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they did go three and out. And then because mm-hmm. so, they took like a minute off the clock. Third, we get them in third and four. We're like, okay. They throw the ball. We're like, Oh my God, this is great. They're like they've just like consistently throwing the ball on third and four when they're running for seven yards of carry, please continue to do that. Those that you didn't want for 20 yards. are like, Oh man, 20 hour completion. That's tough. Just I just saw the terrible angle. DeMar Hamlin entered, you know, had his inner Jaquan Johnson, and it's like, oh, this
2: is a touchdown. Bro, he didn't have a chance chasing him down either. Like, I mean, like... You just saw him take off. Yes yeah. and no, though. Like, he I, mean, was, okay. he burned I know it's all about and angles, but, like, dude, he, he just let's, took let's off. Let's
1: put it this way. Let's put it this way. He he ran down towards him to cut him off mm-hmm. to, from the sideline. If he took a more, like, conservative angle, he probably tackles him. But no, you're not wrong. Like. Like he was kind of st- gonna get there, and then all of a sudden, like the, like the turbo boost just went off. Like yeah,
0: he flipped the nitrous switch, and that dude was juiced. He just flew, man. I mean, that's no doubt one of the speediest. Him and Hill are the speediest players. in the- Yeah, Ooh, I'm glad we don't. To, I don't want to play those guys again. No, guys no, that would be scary. Trey had burned. a good game though. He did. did. It? He had a, he had a decent Trey, game. Trey, Jermaine, him. Well, oh Trey! Oh no, Trey. Trey, Trey!
1: Trey! Trey! got burned twice, and that was that was about it.
2: But he had some good breakups. No, her. he had he had like uh, he got played decent too.
1: Yeah, he got burned for that Trey. I keep saying Trey, that <laughs> Tyree kill touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was a bad rap because he didn't. He never. He was like in press coverage, but he never pressed him. That was a bad rap. And then he got. Oh no, yeah, he just got beat. He just he got, got burned ran right by. Yeah. He got burned by Waddle, but then he almost actually broke up that pass cuz Tua
0: underthrew him by like 10 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tua turn the ball over. But you no, know, I
1: think I think it was, you know, hopefully Trey's getting more confident. He looks Yulam. to be. He he does. I you I think it. the I think the thing I want to see though when when the Bears game happens, Michael is <gasps> when they announce the defensive starters as Trey White and Kyler
2: yeah. yeah. No, because, I mean, that's obviously, like, what we want for going forward. Like, you use a first-round pick on Elam. You yeah. want him to be that number two. And being behind a guy like Trey White, who, went healthy, is arguably top five corner in the league. Like, that's really just,
0: like, lockdown, you would hope. Well, didn't Dane Jackson have a couple stupid – like, he had a holding penalty or something like that? Um, I think he did at one point. Yeah, yeah. Dane Jackson's I mean, a
2: good number three.
0: He is. He's a good, ba- like, backup. So, um, I, I would like I mean, to I don't see- know. Elon, he's just like cheap depth. I mean, I mean, yeah, like,
2: yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he's a nice three,
1: no, but, to have. but you know what he is? He's like a worse version of Gabe Davis on the offense. Like, he could step, no, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like he's, he could step he's, in he's for a game or two as your number two, but prefer out your two outside corner, but preferably he's your number three that doesn't really touch the field other than maybe a series if one of the other two get banged up during the game.
2: Yeah, Taryn almost had a pick six too. Oh, that would he be did. nice, yeah, but yeah, no, I think, like I said. The Chicago game just needs to be a tune-up game. This needs to be a confidence booster, and I think it'll happen. I think the Bills. I don't think it'll be like high-scoring just because of the weather. It'll be cold and windy, and just not very good weather. But I think we'll we'll be in
0: control. Hopefully, the entire game and win. Hopefully, I mean it's definitely.
2: I think this is a game where, because like Dom was saying, how he doesn't know like any of their defensive linemen. I think this is a game where you gotta look. I feel bad now. I think you need to get Singletary going. Get yeah. Cook going. Use the like, running this game. Is a, yeah, you know, like don't have Josh. Just be your number one runner. No, well, I mean they
1: trade Wake, Raycon Smith. They trade Robert Quinn at the deadline. Like they trade all their good defensive players, and they've been. I mean, I know the Eagles game. Yeah, they get, they only gave twenty five points, I believe, but that could have been worse. So yeah, it was they've been averaging. Though, game. They've been averaging like thirty two points a game given up. You know, the last month. That's definitely weird having, you know, Iber, I don't know how to say the head coach's name.
2: Iberflus. Uh, Iberflus, thank you.
1: I was going to mm-hmm. butcher it, so I stopped myself. <laughs> but, you know, he's a defensive coach, so it's kind of a little bit surprising. you think they'd be a little bit better. But, no, I think I think this is a good game for, you know, as Mike said, the ground game. I think Josh, you know, the offense, this is a good bounce back game for the offensive line. Get your rhythm mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Because you're going to play, I mean, if you look at they're going to play in Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a good defensive line. They're yeah. gonna play at home against the Pats. Pats have a good D line, and then it's gonna be playoff time.
2: And pretty I mean, much like that by. Clock,
0: hopefully, pretty much everybody's I'm just saying, in
2: the playoffs. I've never rooted for a Houston team in my life. Oh before. no, yeah, <laughs> Davis Mills. Okay, Davis Mills. General Mills. overtime gets the ball. All you gotta do is get into field goal range. First play fumbles my my guy come on you got to you got to secure that ball like i know the guy came from behind and like swatted it out yeah. but like you got to just like throw it away like davis that just proved davis mills is not a franchise quarterback that he's like a mid he's like a backup but yeah, like General dude mills, you like. had a chance to take out the chiefs pretty much at that point i would say the bills have a really good chance of locking up the one seed
0: well, yeah, we would have a one-game cushion if we lost the game. Yeah, because then be if we
2: lose them. to like Cincy or something, like we still have well, tiebreakers.
1: The, they lost Cincy. Cincy's only a game back of them, actually. Yeah, yeah. But the, but either, that, either that, but yeah. But that would have made the, that would have made like the this game or the past game completely meaningless. Yeah, I mean, kind of a little bit. I mean, no, they are because they're the same record as the Chiefs, man.
2: But I mean, still, like that's just a tough. Look. I know Houston's one win, and I don't know why Lovey Smith is a coach in the NFL anymore. <laughs> But like, yeah, I have a feeling they're Jerry gonna Hughes go for their third the coach
0: win. in three years, so they'll probably get like Bryce Young or something. Yeah, I don't know, Davis Mills, whatever. I mean, Jerry Hughes. I was rooting for the win on that one primarily. I no. know, get, but yeah, no, win. just I just want the Bills to get the one seed. It'd be nice to have that buy would be huge. I'm mean, gonna be like a nice little like reset and pause. You know what I mean? And just well, just get just ready. I mean,
2: just for the home field.
0: Yeah,
1: I think I think the home field's important. But I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing is, like, if you're the one seed, again, I've been, like, pounding this at the table, is that I'm pretty sure, I know the Ravens can kind of still win the North, but, I mean, the Chiefs and Bengals are probably going to be the 2-3 in some kind of order mm-hmm. in, in, that, in that case. And you would only get to play, they one, they had to come to your house to play you in the AFC Championship game, and two, yeah. you'd only have to play one of them.
0: Yeah, because they're going to play each other. So, like,
1: in the perfect, like, in a perfect world, like, for the AFC wildcard weekend, I I would say this. I mean, realistic world too. Yeah. You'd probably want all the division winners to win. Because then mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. play whoever wins the ASC South who is I mean, the Jacks could be a little frisky, but I haven't if the Titans come here, like I'm not worried about them at all, really. No. I mean, I mean we put forty one to seven on it. Maybe them. in the playoffs but... against Henry could be a little concerning, but yeah. Then two three becomes Bengals Chiefs and they're just gonna kill each other and then they're gonna come here
0: wounded.
2: <laughs> like
0: I mean that's yeah. kinda like how that's how it goes. Yeah. No, I mean that's kinda how it was for Cincy last year. They they played the Chiefs. Well, after that Duke out in the divisional round, I guess it, in
1: a way that I, I guess in a way that same. happens, Daddy, but, but like yeah, I don't know about that. They had to play the wild card. They had to play two a two in Arrowhead. It's a little different, but yeah. All right, yeah. So I, I, I before we do our predictions, I do to say I looked up the Bears roster. The only person that I could really uh, know is Taco Charlton, who was the ex Cowboy first round pick from Michigan. So. Uh, Nice. Oh my god. That that's it for me, boys. So yeah, I wouldn't been able to name anyone. Nine and a half point favorites. Uh my player of the game will be Groot. I I I I've been saying he's been my defensive player of the week for a couple times recently, but I just think him against Alex Loverwood. Uh he has seven sacks in the year for Groot. I, I think he gets to double digits. I think he gets the three sack game. I mean, you saw what Hassan Reddick did to Loverwood, two sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. Um, he was a beast. I think Groot's gonna have that similar impact and and bounce back.
0: I would agree, are with you, Joe. I mean, yeah. I, I agree that that's very plausible. I'm not gonna agree with you on my pick though. I, that let me well, that. well say your pick then, please. So my pick. I think we saw a little bit of. I mean, we saw a little bit of Dawson drops last week. All right, he had two drops that he should have had. He he had he had a pretty good game. Other than that, I think he goes big this game. I think Dawson Knox is a big. Big name on the offense this week. Just you know, I think they're gonna have they're gonna start using him like that paid tight end. They should, and they already are. So I'd like to see mm-hmm. more out of him, and I think he's gonna be a big changer.
2: Yeah, no, I think they're gonna get the run game going. I think Singletary is gonna have a hundred yard game. I think he's gonna have a touchdown. I think I'd James Cook will have like fifty yards on the ground. Um, I just think they gotta get the run game going. They gotta get the comments going because look at last year, the end of the season, they got Singletary going, and look at what he did in that wild card game. Yeah. Ate up the Patriots. <laughs> we need to get that going again. Yeah. And I think it will happen. Take advantage of a weak defensive line. Yeah, the Tackler Charlton led Bears line. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, man. My final score prediction, I, I think, so the over-under is like 40. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit concerned about the weather making us a little bit low scoring. So I, I'm I'm going to go 34-14 30, Buffalo. I think that I think this is a blowout to be honest. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I could I mean like listen, the Bears are frisky and give them credit but like I, this is just a game that the, the Bills should coast.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, I'm going to go um 28-7 Bills. Mm. I'm going to say like 23 to 6 Bills. All
2: right.
0: All I think the weather will have tradition. a factor, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think like you said, Mike, I, I hope to see the ground game really be the factor of why why we win this game. But mm-hmm. I think I think that's gonna do it for our Bills talk, gents. Anything else you wanna you wanna toss in there before we head into the some sabers? No, no sir. Maybe no. go Bills. Go Bills. But before we move into the Sabres, I just would like to bring up the Sports Bring People Together podcast. You should listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all here together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or <coughs> podcast, or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now we are going to move in to our Buffalo Sabres talk. The Sabres had a great week. They went on a road trip. Won all three games, won against the Avalanche four to two, the Coyotes five to two, and the Golden Knights, who they fell to earlier in the season, three to two. I mean, you can't really want anything better than that. They the performance they put on was fantastic. They looked good. UPL. I mean, we'll chat about that. But he may or may not have saved his career. I mean, it's just it's it's it, it was really really interesting to watch these games because we were on an eight game losing streak at one point this season. I mean, all hope was lost. And now aren't we fourth in our division? We are. Yeah.
1: Sixteen fourteen two.
0: Yeah. So I, I I mean, all hope was lost at one point and here we are. So and this is Christmas time. Normally this is not where you see the Sabres kind of get that uptick. So Um, it's 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 been really really interesting to watch. I mean, what what are you what's your takeaway from this past week? I mean, it's been it's been very good. I I mean, can't want anything better in my opinion.
2: No, it's it's been really good because I mean, I think the team is starting to gel finally. Yeah, you have these players that are finally like buying into what the coach is selling and like have chemistry with each other, and it's just really nice because for years it's always been, oh, next year's our year, next year's our year. We have all these guys, and finally we're getting the results that we want. Like I don't think. I think going into the season, we knew like we should be competitive in the wild card, but maybe we don't necessarily make the playoffs. But I would right. say right now, we're only what four points out. So, like, I mm-hmm. think a game,
1: they have a game in hand, too, technically. So, yeah. So, more.
2: I would say we're definitely on pace for like what I expected, like to be a competitive team, maybe just miss the playoffs, but at least be like in the wild card conversation.
0: Right. I think people got a little tease from the how we started that, oh, this team's going to the playoffs. A lot of people. And then now everyone got disappointed after the eight-game losing streak. But like Mike, like you said, expectations weren't super high. I didn't think. I mean, jokingly, I would say we're going to the Cup this season. But I mean, in actuality, I mean, it's just like no, we just wanted know. to see that
2: team improvement. Like honestly, yeah, like, we had a very young team, a lot of inexperienced guys. Like we just needed them to get some experience, get some confidence, and I think that's what they're doing. I think yeah. Bernardo's really good at developing players. We've seen the Tage Thompson breakout. We've seen Jeff Skinner kind of have like. Play the best hockey he's ever played. Same yeah. with Darlene, and then you have like Tuck, who's bra- like all these guys. They're breaking out cousins. Like you just rattle off a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I think Granado's really good at getting the most out of players because his entire career he's been a development coach. Like yeah. I think we need to take advantage of that. I know we've said like probably ideally to have a cup winning team. Don Granado's more of an assistant mm-hmm. than a head coach because we've seen like his coaching flaws. You know, not pulling, yeah, you know, not pulling yeah, the game goalie day, until game less than two flaws. minutes, and like some of the power plays and like lines. You know his his love for Casey Middlestat, like you know, and, like and and uh, he just loves the name Casey Casey Fitzgerald
1: too. Yeah. yeah. So like
2: yeah. obviously he's not perfect. You know he's not like an elite coach, but I would say he's the best coach we've had since Lindy. No. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I mean
1: the teams. I feel like I feel like them. I feel like anyone could be a better coach than Ralph Krueger. So yeah. I mean, he's a soccer <laughs> coach. So yeah, true. Um, no, I think it comes down to it's a successful week in terms of the result. Uh, dude, I think they played particularly well in the trip. Probably not other than Arizona, like they kind of got dominated by Colorado, but and they they definitely got dominated by Vegas, especially in the third period. Yeah, that third period um, was
2: brutal. in kinda, was standing on his head.
1: I think what's frustrating is that it's been mm-hmm. I don't know. They're up three nothing against Colorado. They're up three nothing against Vegas. And it felt like they had an opportunity to kind of just, I don't know, put their foot down. And they kind of just instead of doing that, they kind of sat back and coasted. Mm-hmm. And that whole third period, it just felt like Vegas was going to score like five goals and win the game. And then, I mean, like they nearly did. Like they had a bunch of chances. Obviously, they had a penalty shot, which was easily the worst. I think that might be the worst penalty shot I've ever seen. In yeah, Marja saw think. like
2: he tried to like. <laughs> I don't know what him, that was. And then, like Lukonen didn't bait, so they just followed him, and yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I, was like, I
1: was like, okay, once once he, like, did that move, I was like, all right, like, he put himself completely out of position, no speed, I was like, all right, I feel pretty confident this going to be saved, but, no, I think when you, I know you jokingly said in the intro, did UPL save his career, and I think, <laughs> you know, absolutely, because in, you know, about 200 shots, he had, like, an eight sixty eight fifty save percentage, which is terrible, but the last two games, I mean, he's been nothing short of just absolutely sensational. You know, right. Yeah. I think he has like a nine sixty save percentage the last two games. Um so it's definitely now making an interesting decision. Uh what happens when Eric Comrie, I know he went on the trip. Um you thought maybe he'd be back for the trip, maybe he's back sooner rather than later. But um it's interesting uh what's gonna happen if they're gonna carry three goalies or not. I don't know. I I, I think it's a good trip because one, I mean a complete win to go two and one without Skinner. Of his suspension, yeah, yeah, and also to be down probably your second best defenseman, in Nolan Power, the all three games. You don't really know what situation's up with that. Again, they're down to Cal Clay, Larry Pilot, Casey Fitzgerald, Labushkin, who they I mean they just had to realize that they messed up that signing and do something about that. But I mean, when four or six defense, I I think what's concerning to me is this very positive week going through 0 but their, their play in those three games is not sustainable. Yeah. Like, Samuelson and Darlene played 30 minutes apiece. Yeah. Throughout the – I think all three games they pretty much played that ice time. UPL, has had – Anderson had a good night, I think, he, he in Arizona too. So the, the goaltending was really good. You had your two best defensemen playing a lot. Your top line, I mean, really carried because the kid line went completely cold. I mean, they only mm-hmm. had a, a point which is the Dylan Cousins empty net goal. They had like eight shots on goal in three games. So they, they went a little cold, which I yeah. again, I think that's the thing for me is that you have to expect your young players to go through bumps along the journey. Yeah.
0: I mean, this right. is like they're not going first... to be superstars all of a sudden. You, they're going to have to develop. This is
1: their first financial season. Yeah. I mean, on power. I mean, it doesn't surprise um, me that he's got a little banged up missing three games. Like that's kind of. It won't be surprised later in the season if like Petrker couldn't get banged up for a little bit, just because your body's not used to an 82 game NHL schedule. But it's interesting if you know you talk about Mike talks about like development and all that. Like this was a development year, but now they're you know they're on pace for about 87 points, I think, or I'm probably close to 90. You know that's not good enough to make the playoffs, but I mean. Is it possible that we see a move? Like I don't know, is he gonna? Is Adam's gonna stick to his plan? Obviously, the holiday freeze just happened till December twenty eighth. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, with all the injuries banged up against the D, I mean, again, like maybe they don't do the big move that we've been begging for, which is Chickering. But yeah, maybe you get a better fifth defenseman, and you trade for a fifth guy. Yeah, a depth guy. I think better. I I would say better, like Mike Riley, who. Maybe he's like more of a bot. People could be a top four on a bad team, but maybe more of a bottom pair on a good team. Like, I, th- I think that might be a better
0: move than just sitting on your hands. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the developmental stuff we've seen and like, I mean, you can't argue with Tage Thompson, right? Owen oh, Power, too. Like you said, the kid line's been hot. They're going to go cold. Things are going to happen. I would like to see maybe a little move like that, you know, just to kind of further solidify the steadiness of this team because like everyone talks about our elite offense our firecracker offense that you can't, you don't, you never know what's going to happen next. Defenseman is where I think we would need, you know what I mean? Like to maybe pick up a couple things like you said. So I think that would be something I would like to see uh when this freeze ends. And I think it's just honestly, like we've said before, the other big thing is just waiting on Levi. I think next season, you know what I mean? Or whenever he comes.
1: No, we're, we we talking about this season. I don't care what Levi does. I think the thing is is the goaltending, while we were disappointed in it during the eight game stretch and like UPL's start, they really have gotten pretty much league average goaltending, which I think any of us would have signed up for. Yeah. Um, it's the fact of that they're giving up so many chances defensively that they had to kind of improve. And they also gotta I think their play style has to adapt a little bit in the fact of I think this is what happened really with the kids line throughout they play a very up-tempo pace, you know, we're going to skate, you know, speed and all that, right? which is fine. But when you play against veteran teams like Vegas or Colorado who are going to fork check you to death, or like, you know, Carolina is a good example. Like they're going to play like a one, two, two, which means they're going to clog up the, the neutral zone. You can't skate in that. They're going to make you dump the puck in. So, and they're going to dump the puck against you, and they're going to make you turn the puck over because you're a young team and they're going to fork check you to death. So, like, the Sabers had to do a better job against good forward-checking teams, and they got to become better forward-checkers because you saw it against Vegas; they had no offensive zone timings because when they got to the the center ice, they, they, I mean, they weren't gonna let you skate in, right? It's like it's like you know what a good it's like a good offense, you know? It's like the Bills; you know, you can have a good passing offense, but if you don't have that balance, that rush attack, you don't have that forward-checking ability, right? People are gonna make you dump the puck in until you could prove you could fork check
0: you gotta have mm-hmm. the yin to the yang you know it's gotta be a, a complementary <clears throat> balance here you know i mean it's just i feel like <laughs> the yin to the yang you know but i don't know it, it's definitely interesting it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if if anything really does happen i mean like we've said we would like to see something but i think it's just do you think though that it's just the price we pay with the way we play offensively like defensively, like they're giving up those opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I feel like when we're just kind of skating around and in and going crazy on offense, like just, you know, like the high I mean, I offense. think I think it's more or less we have players that can get offense. We just don't have the defensemen that
2: are going to be successful defensively. Because, I mean, like we talk about Labushkin. He had a good start, and then he got hurt, and he hasn't really been the same, and he keeps getting hurt. You have guys like Fitzgerald who probably shouldn't be in the NHL. Right. You know, even like, you know, Yoki Haru, he's been, he's been decent, but he's probably like a third pairing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, And obviously your top two defensemen there, Darlene and Power, like they're more offensive minded. So you really only true defensive minded guy in your top four is Matias Samuelson. And it, it's been proven how, you know, vital he is when he's healthy and hurt. You know, we really struggle with hey, the lineup because we don't <laughs> have anyone that's just defensive minded. So like, even like a Bryson, like he's probably a third pairing guy, but like, you know, I feel like you can improve him because he's kind of like a he tries to be like a doline or power and he's just not, you know, he's not no, he's offensively gifted. Yeah. So like yeah. I don't know. I think it's more or less you just don't have those the right players the at players. defense. Well, offense, you have a guy who can score in Skinner. Um, you have Tage who's just insane. You know, Tuck is like that power forward, and then that second line is just gonna be something you hope can be aligned for the next decade plus. So like, I think it's just finding the defenseman.
1: Yeah. I think like your top six play high event hockey. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, none of those guys are like really great defense. Like some of them are all right defensively. And then you have some guys that are kind of liabilities in your four group, but like, mm-hmm. that's the price you pay. Like they're going to produce so much offense. They're going to outweigh their efficiencies, ne- like their negative efficiency. So that I, I agree with that. That aspect, Joe. Like I think that's some of it where like they play a high event. I mean they give up a lot of goals, but they scored them I and they had the most goals in the NHL. Like right. that's like that that's definitely part of it. It's also and so, like their play style, yes, that's part. Some of it's also personnel, like in your top six, like the, the, you're gonna have high event players. But as as Mike alluded to it, it's also a little bit of personnel on the fact of like some some of your players just aren't very good. Yeah. But like yeah. I think that's like the thing with me is that this team has a core and there are just certain pieces that have to be added like around the core, to get the next jump. Yeah. You no, know, you're going to continue to get the jump inside the core from like just developing from year to year. Mm-hmm. But now it's about adding like a third line center. Who's a better forecheck checker that could forecheck or adding, as Mike said, like, like chicken, I think is a nice like little piece of being a little bit more of an offensive defenseman can play a little of defense, but then maybe also adding another guy in your bottom pair that's also, you know, I think they tried to do this with Labushkin, but as Mike alluded to, like, I mean, he's been pretty bad this year. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think it's adding better pieces defensively where you're not having four uh, four really AHL-caliber defensemen in your lineup. Yeah. And also getting rid of, like, Bryson Labushkin from your lineup, even your healthy lineup, mm-hmm. um, and pushing Yoki Haru down. Like, I think... It's improving the depths of your defenseman while adding maybe another high end guy. And then, four group, it's just adding really good, competent bottom six forwards. Like, I mean, you saw what Tampa did. Like, adding first round
2: picks on like a Barkley, okay, like, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not <laughs> that, one. that, yeah. And you don't want to overpay for those guys either, like giving them the contracts that Vegas, that uh, the Rangers, the Rangers and, and Flames did, yeah. Flames and Nick Paul oh. got four by four. But those are the type of players that, like, you add like your your third, fourth line that, you know, have a little skill offensively, but also are good four mm-hmm. checkers or good defensively. And I think that's what, I mean, I'm not the biggest Rob Ray fan, but I think he alluded to at least a good point of in the Vegas period, in the third period, he was like, we're going to see a lot more of the Krebs, Gergensen's a line because they can at least play in this kind of game where like they're, those are three very good four checkers that they can play the, the dump and chase kind of style. I right. think, I think yeah, your top six I think you need to become a, maybe a little bit better to that style. But I also think you need to get a third line, another line that can do that as well. Like I think that's the problem with the third line. If I don't even know who the third line is anymore, I think it's still Olson, Millistat, and I
0: think it's Yost. And check. Yost is pretty good. Yeah, Yost has been. Yeah, he's been really Yost. good. Nice waiver pickup. Um, yeah, but, it's Yost, Middlestadt, and Olofsson, Most recent update, yeah.
1: Like I, th- I think what you would preferably want in the future, like for next year, would be like Yost is your fourth line center, Krausen was up to third line center, and then you add a couple wingers. You know, I don't know. I don't think they. I don't really know if they want to put Savoy and Coolidge in that position, but like they probably want to add another guy that could play up tempo, but also good forechecker. So like that's yeah. how you improve your defense. Is that you know you get guys that are good with possession and good defensive guys
2: mm-hmm.
1: and upgrading your defense is going to help your goaltending out. And that's why I'm not like in the biggest, Oh, they have to make a trade for a goalie situation. Cause like you have three of them at the proper moment and like, Anderson's right. been good when he plays. Kami has been kind of mad, but maybe, you know, the injury gives him some time off and maybe now they run three goalies and that doesn't make him have the starters mindset. Maybe EPL found a switch or something. So, I think it's. I think it's currently until you know, I know. Joe, you keep saying waiting to Levi. I think part of it is they need to add a, another goaltender once Anderson probably retires to like soften the load on some other guys. But it's also right. I think mostly it's they have to get better personnel.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think yeah, it's just going to be putting the team together at this point. You know, I mean, we have mm-hmm. we see we have all these pieces that already are. But we got to put the rest of the gears in so that everything turns as a unit. You know, and that's that's truthfully it at this point. I mean, fringe playoff team, sure. But we want to be contenders at some point. And I know that's not in, like, the near future. And that wasn't, like, the intent. I don't know if, it's,
1: I don't know if near future. Well, I think in, like, two years it could be, like, legit. Near future I, meaning, I like, next right. season. Yeah, I mean, but. I think next season, the Next, my mind says this. Next season they need to be able to be in a position where they are like the Red Wings in a way of not being stupid for your money, but starting to spend assets to improve your team.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, cause we do have a lot of space to
1: use money. So. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so those that was the, the Sabres recap. I got, I got to ask some questions now because there's a huge stories, multiple stories about Jason viral's tenure with the Sabres. So I, I have to ask the first question three years ago. If you Offered Tage Thompson for would you offer Tage Thompson for a fifth round pick
0: three years ago mm-hmm. at the time? Yeah,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. like that's where I'm getting at. There's a lot of people that are like roasting the Sabres for that trade. Uh, offer I think if I John
2: Granado would never come in as coach. I don't think Tage Thompson ever breaks out, no. and you never pair him with Skinner and Tuck. Like, I just don't think he has that breakout. I don't think so either. I, th- I think that's like, like I think I, I always knew he had like the skill and potential. But, like, he just never put it together and was, like, never good. Yeah, so, he, now he that showed, he's kind of, like, broken out.
1: He showed it, like, that Detroit Red Wings shootout during the winning streak. Like he showed, and he had, yeah. the nice, he had, like, that nice slap or two in that game, too. Like, that was, like, kind of a, a throwback, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flash forward. But he always had the skill. It was always, like, he'd always, like, get, like, bumped off the puck and then lose the puck. I mean, he's just become such a beast on the puck. Add the, you know, the shot's obviously a lot better, too, but. Feel like he's just gotten a lot stronger but no i think at the time like he was bad like i'm not like he was barely yeah. and I, I mean he probably. i think all i think I, mean, I was definitely on the head of like we shouldn't even be playing him he was that bad so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i would have taken a fifth round i mean i would have taken any asset at the time but yeah obviously if you said that now on twitter you're gonna sound like an idiot but well, I mean, right he, it's just hindsight
2: like in three if he three keeps up ago, his pace man that contract's a huge deal yeah he's, yeah i they're, saw they're comparing him to Mario lemieux <laughs> I mean, big
1: guy. I mean, third fastest to fifty points. Like, I mean,
2: he's I think on... he's got to consistently do that for a few years before you're calling him. No, 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 no. I, was... <laughs> I don't but even he know. He's gets... like the second, arguably second greatest player ever. So yeah, if he didn't get injured all the
1: time. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, he's a. Tays he... having a great year. Obviously, second star in the NHL for the second straight week. Yeah. Uh, third points behind the Edmonton duo. I firmly think. He's in the Hart Trophy conversation
2: right now. Absolutely, because Honestly, I, think, I think he should win. Mm-hmm. It's most valuable to your team. Yeah,
0: and I, just, like, that that I know Edmonton
2: is nothing without McDavid and Drysaitel, but like those are two dudes. Yeah, those are two guys. I think it's. it's I think it's interesting. Because look I at Taylor Hall when he won with the Devils. Right. Yeah, he definitely you know? wasn't the
1: best player in the NHL, but like he was no. definitely most like, valuable for his valuable, team. Yeah, for the. So the, for the
2: Thompson team. is a legit Hart Trophy candidate, but everyone no, every year is just going to be like Connor McDavid. So
1: <laughs> it's kind of like the anti of the NFL or like the NBA used to be of like LeBron. Now maybe Mahomes of like the hard trophy. And then it just seems like the best player wins it every year. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like, not the val. that's not, the, that's not the award. Right. No, that's like the, t- the Ted Lindsay is like the player vote phone, the best player in the NHL. I believe it's, it's Ted Lindsay, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's the best player in the NHL. The hard trophy is the most valuable. And like when you have another top five player in the NHL on your team, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to give you the heart, but I mean,
2: mm-hmm. McDavid's also putting up numbers that. Yeah, he's very valuable. Don't me wrong. He should be in consideration, but like, it wouldn't. It's what's the point if he just wins it every year? You know. Yeah. I know.
1: There's definitely got to be some variety, but no, he's definitely top three. All right, other story that uh Jason Byrd just called an audible, called Omaha in the 2017 NHL draft of drafting Casey Milstead over Nacis for that ended up being Carolina's pick. All the scouts wanted him. And he was like, "Nah, this is my draft, first draft." Also, that turned that that seventeen draft just turned out to be one of the worst drafts ever. Yeah, especially with uh, who just was Guili in that? No, Guili was fifteen. Who just something just happened with someone in seventeen? I
2: can't remember their name. Either way, yeah, no. I mean, I guess at the time, I didn't mind the Casey Middlestep pick. We saw him at the World Juniors. He kind of dominated the World Juniors. The MVP, right? I don't know. I feel like a no, think... no, no pull ups was kind of a red flag. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think at the time, I wasn't mad that we drafted Keezy Middlestat. He showed potential in the junior level. I think we just kind of rushed him in. I think he needed more time to develop. No, he was definitely,
1: he's he's the most overrated prospect ever. He also just doesn't have any, he also, his problem is that he's just not a good skater. Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like his downfall is that he's just not a good skater. No. We also just completely overrated him because he had 30 points in 34 games in Minnesota. Right. That should have also been like, not not a red flag, but that should have been like, he should have waited another year. Then he had five point six games, and I was like, "All right, let's trade Ryan O'Reilly. He's the number two center." And it's like, "Yeah, no, let's have a thirty point season, Casey Milstead." But no, and obviously UPL's I guess, looking better for that draft. But that draft also had Bryson, That's just mm-hmm. I can't remember. The th- I think I've been having just to the third. I gotta look like that now. But you know do what? I? think yeah. I mean, it's just another what if if Barold to show how absolutely terrible it was. I'm not. Listen, I am not against calling it audible. Like, no, but, but like, when you say
0: stuff like it's my draft and all of that, I'm well, no, like...
1: that's a, that's a, I mean, no, but that's, that's, I mean, it's a GM's job. I, oh, that's who it is. Marcus Davidson is a second round pick that unfortunately had like concussion issues and didn't do anything 37th overall, mm-hmm. but no, I'm not against it. But like, if you call an audible, like you gotta make sure the play works. You know what I mean? Like you gotta like, if you call an audible, like it's gotta be like a touchdown or like a, a good play. Like if you call, I don't know, especially if you audible off, off a good play, like that was a good, that would've been a good pick. He audibled and made a bad pick. And now that draft, 2017, not a great
0: draft. No. I I don't know. I just, Casey Middlestat, now, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Like, if he looked like this. But like you said, he dominated the World Juniors. So I guess he kind of was appealing to a lot of people. You know, so I, 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 I understand it. But for me being like, just like all of a sudden being like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just call the audible here and do it. I I, well, I don't really. It's it's mean... Again,
1: it's a little high sight as Mike's Mike alluded to, because most yeah. was still a pretty decent prospect at the time, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I other people them. It's also, but like the 2016 draft of Nylander here, like I don't think anyone wanted to draft Nylander and Tim Murray just kind of picked them. So that I that kind of killed the franchise to be honest. I killed the Jack Eichler. <laughs> I miss it whiffing on those two first round pick, two top 10 picks. But yeah. Yeah, oh. no, they, hey. they died quick. So one, qu- <laughs> two quick thoughts about defensemen. One is, do you think Rasmus Stalin wins the, nor- is the Norris leader right now? Yes,
0: I would, I would say, say so, so. with I his mean, performance so far this season. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's I mean, a monster.
1: This is his best defensive season too. Like he's yeah. actually putting up some good. Def- I know somebody has to do if he's plays with Samuelson, but he's logging a lot of minutes. Obviously, over a point per game. He just needs to stop taking stupid penalties every once in a while, but that's his one flaw. But no, he's having a great year. It's great to see him break out. Um, I guess with that, do do you guys regret bridging him? Like, I mean, they bridged him. No, I I think the bridge was a good idea at the time. Yeah, because he didn't. Again, it's kind of like Tage a little bit where like he didn't break out fully. Like he had. I mean, obviously he had way better years than Tage. He had a couple forty point seasons, but it was also like he just got completely neutered by Ralph Kruger.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Ralph Kruger just completely neutered the entire team at that point. He had, he, yeah, didn't he have Jeff Skinner? got
1: neutered. Yeah, Dowling, yeah. Tage, pretty much everyone other than Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt. Okay, last random thought of how lucky are we that we traded away Rasmus Flynn and didn't give him that contract? That is very. Cool. Brutal if a capital B and a multiple exclamation points after the L. Yeah. Because that's what the that's what the Flyers are taking. Just a fat L on that. No points in twenty five games, five million dollars to the next till twenty seven. Holy cow. That yeah. that is that to me, first pick that's, nuts. that's nuts. That's nuts. All righty. going <laughs> there so our predictions last week is Joe's power when I was only Mike and I. So Mike predicted Quinn and Tage. I predicted Skinner and Dallin. Funny enough of the team in points. And my prediction of Skinner, even though he only played two games, was spot on. Scored three goals, but Tage also scored three goals. So we both got one point right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I believe we all both said two and one. So we were, I mean, three and no, oh, I'll take. Joe, you should have been there. We all know you would have picked a three and oh. So,
0: hey, I, I, Honestly, I would have. So I, that would have been a nice a nice win, but, you know, power goes out, things happen, so <laughs> just disappear. But I'm looking forward to to picking this week for sure. So,
1: righty. So they play – they're back home against Tampa, who just got rocked by the Leafs. Uh, and then they play – don't know what our schedule is going to be like, but they play – I don't think we're going to do Tuesday. So I think we got two games at least, so – Pick two games of their home against Tampa and then they're on the road Tuesday in Columbus after Christmas. They're
0: gonna go one and one. I would, I would, I would agree. I think they're gonna win one, lose one. They're, they're on a hot streak right now, but I feel like you got to come, come down at one point and lose a game. So I, I, I would say one and one. I think I'll they win against the Lightning and lose against the Blue Jackets. So I'll be I
1: different. I think they go two and all. You think? I think the Lightning reeling a little bit and the Blue Jackets are bad. I mean, those are just again. We talk about gimme points, like it's you know how we talk about the Bills. You just crush the Bears. Yeah, I mean they did it last time against Columbus, scoring six goals in the first period. So you got a point. Points and the uh, goals.
0: Tage for both. Hmm. Yeah, I want to do Tage and then Skinner for points.
1: I will do Tuck. And Rasmus Dahlin. Because okay. I believe that Columbus is not going to let Paige Thompson score five goals against them last time. They're going to just triple team them the whole game.
0: What <laughs> were, were yours, Joe? Sorry. Uh, Skinner. Or Thompson Sorry. and Skinner. Thompson Skinner. All
1: Alrighty. Well. That does it for a Sabres talk.
0: Yeah. And now we're going to move into the Would You Rather. And fellas, it's my Would You Rather from last week before the power went out. So the Sabres... I, I wanted to switch to more NHL, right? So I switched to an NHL ask would you rather question. Switch it up a little bit. Sabres haven't been here in a very long time. They haven't been in the playoffs. So would you rather lose game seven final in double overtime? Or God. be swept first first round. Game seven. Double overtime. Yeah, in the final? Whose building is it in? I don't know. It's not that specific. I, I don't Well, you no, can make I it. Definitely... You can, it's your, it's your would you rather. You can make it a specific as Wait a minute. Want. So
2: would you rather be like Tampa against Columbus or like the Sabres against Dallas in 99 is essentially what you're saying? Yes, pretty much. I'd, I'd rather have be, have be the Sabres. Sabres. Look how much they momentum. To the final. To yeah.
1: You'd have so much momentum after that. And you'd have, something to, you'd have something to actually show like free agents who come here it's like yeah, hey like we will we went...
2: to see like a final so yeah, yeah.
1: Well, hey it's like you could have been the X factor of us winning a cup you know I mm-hmm. think that's a pretty pretty darn good punch other than you got a point. Other than yeah we made the playoffs for the first time in 12 years but we didn't we still haven't won a playoff game in that time because we got exactly. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no I agree I would definitely I mean I would like to to go to the finals. I mean, if overtime, you it, it'd be I tough think, loss. I mean, well, like, be,
1: even, but even if you, I think even if you flip it, I'd still. I, I like if you would rather lose Game Seven double overtime in the first round or get swept in the final. I think I would still preferably get swept in the final because at least you went to the final. Yeah. No. You can hang that banner, Eastern Conference champions. Okay, Nashville?
0: Yeah. We might yeah. soon. Might be hanging in Buffalo soon. Hopefully. Maybe. Hey, hopefully it's
1: yeah. a Stanley Cup. I don't want that Eastern Conference. Well, it's already <laughs> up
0: there from with the black and red. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully soon. But
2: yeah,
0: we'll try to switch it to a little more NHL esque. I mean, we do a lot of NFL and football. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. You know, I had another yeah. one in there about Stephen A. Smith, but in like, uh, okay. it was, would you rather listen to twenty four hours straight of no breaks with Stephen A. Smith talking about Aaron Rodgers or Skip Bayless talking about Tom Brady? That was that was another contender. Right, I'm just I'm not even gonna acknowledge that. I'm just gonna no. Yeah, it. I would have said yeah. no comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're both pretty bad. So I uh, do I have a third option where the power goes out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because mine did, we'll throw that in there. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> power for 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. All, all right. Almost, so all first Mike, trivia question with the Bills. Mm-hmm. So we all know how much of an impact Stefan Diggs has made for the Bills. Where does he rank? On the list of receiving yards all time with the Bills. Like, where is he slotted in? Just with the Bills.
0: Four. I want to say five. Eighth. Really? really? Okay.
1: I got to think who the seven are now. Oh,
2: Reed? Ten. Yes. Molds? Yes. Mm. Lee Evans? Yes. All right, I think there's I'm, only one more. I think you could guess. Lee Evans,
1: James Lofton, no, really, no. Uh, Stevie, no. Stevie Johnson didn't he have three thousand yard seasons? Really,
2: no. Joe Cripps? Andre Reed, Eric Molds, Lee Evans, Dubinion, Lewis, Thurman, and then Butler, Jay Butler. Oh, Thurman, Thurman. Thurman. that would made sense. And then Diggs, so huh.
1: How far? How far is he from climbing up? Oh my god, he's like ten thousand. He's gotta be like ten thousand yards away from Andre
2: Reed. Yeah, but he he'll probably get to number three. Who's who's know. two? Two is molds.
1: How much does molds have? Nine
2: thousand ninety six.
1: Yeah, isn't Diggs at like three thousand?
2: He's like six thousand. Ah. Diggs at four thousand fifty nine.
1: His... Yeah, he might get to that one.
2: That that'll yeah. be close though. If, think, he stays, yeah. if he stays if he stays d- past Lee Evans. That'd yeah. be down to the wire. If he stays healthy
1: and productive, he should get around ten thousand. That's actually a lot of yards. So, so I don't know. Probably not we'll actually, see.
2: Know. Um Bill's <laughs> question is done. Saber's question. Who are the two players that scored twenty-five goals faster than Tage Thompson? This was asked at the actual game. I was watching the game and they oh my gosh. I know of one
1: of them's Alex Benilli. Mm-hmm. Is
2: oh I know what the other one is. I'll
1: let Joe answer. I have no idea. Gilbert. <laughs> oh, no. It was not? Oh, it's, it's not. <laughs> uh, I think I know. Is it? Is it laugh? Lafontaine, Mogilny.
2: Gil- Gilbert? Oh, my gosh. no, Gilbert you know was 32 games.
1: No, you know what it is. I saw the stat where it's the fastest of 50 points,
2: and I think that yeah, was. Yeah, no, 25 what? goals. Oh, so It was Lafontaine, Mogilny, oh. then Tate, and then Gilbert. Oh, I'm so confident in that answer. Maybe Rick Martin after that, but yeah. Um, no, so Jack yeah, I thought that was that good during the middle of the game. No, and then no last Michael. question, Jack Eichel.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, gotta.
2: Hey, that was five dollars. So that was yeah, like, that was five dollars, and also we played them, so I feel like I can wear it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, last question, we'll do. We'll celebrate uh, Leo Messi for winning the World Cup. Um, can you tell me how many goals he has for when he played with Barcelona?
0: Barcelona? Oh my god. Okay. <sighs> this is a sh- shot in the dark on this one. I'm no Like their item. their
2: main team. Their main team. We won't do like the youth teams, just his main team. All right.
1: So I think he scored like eight hundred goals in his career or something. About a hundred of them have been for his country. I, I think would... he's wait, wait wait wait. I think about fifty of them have been for like other clubs and PSG. So I'm gonna say six twenty-five.
0: Hmm, I'll go a little higher, six seventy-five. I'll throw something higher,
2: four seventy-four,
0: four seventy-four, four hundred. God, that was so far off. Wow. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's closer to seven hundred career goals. I was about no, whatever. No I think he has like seven hundred something goals. Yeah. What a game that was, too—the World Cup final. That—that that was nuts. That the end of that one. No, that's I was gonna
2: yeah, no, that's that's my trivia. And yeah, now I gotta go Christmas shopping. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, without further ado, that's gonna finish <laughs> it for this episode of the Buffalonian podcast. I've been Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. Happy holidays to all of our listeners out there. You get the one big holiday special episode for this week. And without further ado, Dom, how do you always end these buddy?
1: Go Bills, baby.
0: Go bills. Go Sabers. Happy holidays.